Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1123, air date October 6, 2022. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm uh, actually traveling today, but I didn't want to miss this opportunity to do a live on a very, very important topic. Uh, Some of you may know there has been a recent news that the United States government just spent close to $300 million in buying a drug called N-Plate, N-P-L-A-T-E, from a company called Amgen. And uh, interesting enough, this drug is for acute radiation syndrome. Like, for example, if a nuclear war hits or there's a radiation leak. So the question is, why did the, obviously, U.S. government spend on this? And we're going to go through that. Um, the thing I want to remind you, many of you know, that we always take a systems approach, what we do here. And because we take a systems approach, we're always able uh, to predict things long before they actually occur. Over a year ago, I did a video uh of an analysis of a paper that was written actually by Fauci's group. COVID. Acute radiation syndrome is the same as COVID in terms of the commonality of symptoms. And in that paper over a year and a half ago that I shared, They said that end plate could be used for it. So the interesting thing is, we'll come back to this. We have to ask the question, why is the U.S. government, A, getting ready? Are they getting ready for some type of nuclear radiation fallout? Um, Why is it that they're actually buying? uh, They spent $300 million. Now, before I go into that, I want to just remind everyone um, that our movement. Hey, John, can you play the right banner, the Truth and Health banner below? The, our movement is uh, for truth, freedom, and health. And, and truth, freedom, and health is a movement that is, Michelle, they need to go. That truth, freedom, and health is really a movement that is about educating people on the nature of systems, system science. John, if you can bring up the, the uh, diagrams. If, if people go to uh, truthfreedomhealth.com, which John is going to share right now, John, are you sharing that? Yeah. So what you see here is we have created a system and all the talks we do, all the science we share comes from your contributions. But if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, we encourage everyone to become a truthfreedomhealth.com warrior. You will really learn the science of systems. I'll come back and I'll talk more about it, but we have over 360,000 users. That's good, John, in 95 countries. But we're educating people to think beyond left and right, beyond pro or anti, and to think systems. And I encourage all of you to do this because it's not only an educational course that took me many, many years to build. It's also a community of incredible people, but it's also technology. And with all of this, you can start becoming an agent for educating others to think beyond left and right, pro and anti. But anyway, I will come back to this. But what I want to do right now is I want to play all of you a video that I put together. It's a great video that will educate you on the commonality of ARS acute uh, radiation syndrome and what we just talked about COVID. Okay. So uh, John, can you kindly play that video, please?
Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It's 1030. We're going to have a really, really wonderful discussion, a highly educational discussion about the common symptoms across COVID-19 and acute radiation. It's a very interesting piece of research I came across. As many of you know, I try to interconnect systems. And I've been really trying to understand some of the symptoms that are reported in this COVID-19 are uh, appeared to be a little bit odd. They were loss of smell, blood coagulation, things you don't normally find. And uh, as I did more and more research, I was, I was fascinated because I came across a piece of research that was done by Fauci's group at the NIH. Pretty interesting paper, actually. And they basically found commonalities from acute radiation injury as well as from COVID-19. But more importantly, what's fascinating is the authors of this paper were saying, if you look at acute radiation injury or acute radiation syndrome, the methods and the tools to deal with that are interesting enough could be used for COVID-19. And what's fascinating is you're gonna understand that it leads back to many of the things that I was talking about back in March about how you boost the immune system. That's what's fascinating. That's what we're going to talk about. So it's going to be a lot of information. You're going to learn a lot, but I think you guys are going to enjoy this. And we're going to do a series on this because what emerges out of this in some fascinating way, when you start really looking at things at the biophysics level, ultimately everything in the body is electrical and magnetic interactions, right? Even when a chemical reaction takes place, there's a lot that we don't understand, but we know that ultimately it's energy transfer, right? A mass and energy interchangeable. Yes, we see chemical reactions taking place, but ultimately they're electromagnetic, weak interaction, all the fundamental forces of nature. It's interesting, we're gonna see how a virus hitting the body and the manifestations of that are very similar to when people get acute radiation events taking place. So first of all, by the way, everyone, this is Dr. Shiva Adir. Many of you know I'm a systems biologist by training an engineer also. And today we're gonna to be talking about COVID, common symptoms across COVID-19 and radiation injury, a molecular systems analysis. So it's really common symptoms of COVID-19 and radiation injury. The Talk is common symptoms of COVID-19 and radiation injury. But today's talk is really gonna be about the science of systems. We're gonna, first of all, review that. Then we're gonna talk about the COVID-19 symptoms, acute radiation syndrome. Then we're gonna come back and look at the commonalities between COVID-19 and radiation inju injury. Then we're gonna talk about the synergy and the systems principles and talk about some of the ways that these authors talked about how you combat radiation injury, which could be good for virus injury. But what you're gonna to learn today is COVID-19 and radiation injury common symptoms. And you're gonna look, we're gonna review, we're gonna do a review of the recent NIH research. By the way, to those of you who don't know what the NIH is, the NIH is a National Institute of Health run by Francis Collins and National. Uh, the other institute that's a part of this that I'll show you here is the institute that Fauci runs, okay? That's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. National Institute of Allergy, NIA, I D and that's the Institute of Fauci runs. So we're going to look at the symptoms of COVID-19, the symptoms of acute radiation syndrome, commonalities, and we're going to look at some of the therapeutics to alleviate and, and combat systems. And I mentioned earlier, you're going to find that the, so these guys are in uh, South India where I grew up. There's an interesting saying, you can touch your nose like this, or you can go around your head to touch your nose. And it seems like these guys are going around their head to touch the nose when they're going to say, Oh, there's things that you can use to solve radiation injury. And since those give elicit the same symptoms as COVID, why don't we use those things? And it turns out to be the things that I talked about back in March, which are anti-inflammatories, uh, and we'll go over that, antioxidants, et cetera. So it's quite fascinating how these guys don't want to speak the truth, but in order to keep their, in my view, their credibility, they start doing something. But anyway, this is a paper, and that's what it's called. Look, so anyone who on YouTube and uh, Google and all those people who attempt to try to censor, this is coming out of NIH, Commonalities Between COVID-19 and Radiation Therapy. And the authors are Carmen Rios, David Cassette, Hollingsworth, Brian Hollingsworth, Marilyn, 
Satya Mitra, Ibesara Tadisi, Lanlin, Talifero, Thomas Winters, Andrea DiCarlo. And if you notice, they're from the Radiation and Nuclear Measures Program, RNCP, the Division of Allergy, Immunology, and Transplantation, DIT, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, Fauci heads up the National Institute of Health. This is from the establishment's own model, their institution. So what I want to first discuss is the science of systems. Everything that we do is understanding the science of systems, because from the science of systems, we can get a deeper understanding of everything. And to just give you the details of that, what, would it, what do we mean by the science of systems? By the science of systems, we have to do a little bit of review. My journey was, many of you may know, I grew up as a kid in, in Bombay, India, which looked like this, but I also grew up in a deep village in South India, which had no running water, no electricity, and these are some of those scenes. And my grandparents were poor village farmers. There's a picture of my grandmother in her Sunday best, but she had the ability, she was also the village healer, the system that she followed was where she could study your face and she could predict what was going on in your body. It was, it's an ancient system of Indian medicine. So my family came here. I was very motivated to understand how my grandmother was able to do this. I came here as a seven-year-old kid, started doing very ambitious, started doing very well in math and science. And by the time I was 14, I got a full-time job working at a medical school, which is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, looking at the system of sleep, actually looking at how babies by baby, how baby sleep patterns took place and how baby had a thing called apnea, which was sudden infant death syndrome. And my goal was, could I predict the sleep pattern of babies to try to predict the onset of an apnea? But while I was working on that, I also got to work on another system, the old fashioned inner office mail system. Some of you may know in those days, the secretary, the inbox, the outbox of folders, and she would create this system. Uh, there was a system for producing a memo, which was put into these envelopes, the two from subject CCC. It was a system and it was transported across the office. Some of you may have seen things like this, and this is called the old fashioned inner office mail system. And I was asked to convert that entire system into the electronic form. This is not the simple exchange of text messages. We're talking about the entire system. And I wrote 50,000 lines of code, named that system email. First, again, you used to call it a system. And I won one of the first Westinghouse Science Awards. Here's me back in 1981 sharing this. This is almost 30 years ago now. No, more than that, 40 years ago. Wow, 40 years ago. And in those days, the only way you could protect software inventions was by copyright. And I was issued the first copyright right there, recognizing me as the inventor of email at a time when this was the only way to protect software inventions. Now. I forgot about this, went to MIT, did a bunch of degrees. In 2011, when my dear mom was dying of pulmonary fibrosis, in a suitcase, she had saved all of those artifacts. And the editor of Time Magazine, this guy called Doug Ameth, was, the, oh, by the way, the only journalist, only journalist, this is unfortunate, the only journalist to have reviewed this. And he wrote a big article called The Man Who Invented Email. And the article is really about the fact that what I had created was the system. Email is a system. And, but the reason I want to share that from the science of systems is this system was created in a system of innovation, freedom, and infrastructure, innovation, freedom, and infrastructure. You're going to realize freedom is our ability to move and transport and exchange ideas. That's what I was given in that medical college. I was given infrastructure and with the, with these two ingredients, innovation was born. But one of the key things I want to talk about is a part of integrating all of this is that the invention of email did not occur at MIT, it did not occur by the military, it occurred by a 14-year-old kid working in the heart of Newark, New Jersey, which most people are so afraid to go into, because I was given the support of a loving family, a very powerful set of, not powerful, but everyday high school teachers who fought for me to go work, and a good mentor. So that's the system. So this is an understanding systems. We have to see it's the interconnection of these things. And that's what system science teaches. It's not any one thing. It's the interconnection of things. Went off to MIT. I was deeply interested in medicine and science, but I found out that the, this, the system looked at the body as parts. So when I, in and out of MIT, did a bunch of degrees. And finally, after four degrees at MIT, I uh, had an opportunity to come back to study medicine as a system. This is the way that the Western world looks at the body, right? We see the body 
as a components of messenger RNA and tools. By the way, those of you who are from the Western scientific background, you'll appreciate this because this is the way Western science looks at the body. You have at the top of the pyramid, the whole organization. Below of it, think about all the chemical reactions in the body. And below that, you have genes and proteins and all these different things. This is a way that if you studied Western science, they'd say, oh yeah, this is legitimate. But my grandmother, the system she followed was a very different approach to science. So this is that system of science. That's looking at the world as an interaction of many, many different types of things that we don't typically learn in the Western world. It starts with the notion of energy, Sattvic, Rajas, and Tamas, which come from the existence of nature. That gives rise to the five elements, space, air, fire, water, which gives rise to, and I want you to listen to this carefully, which gives rise to what's called Vatha, Pitta, and Kapha, which gives rise to the organs, and then upregulates that into the body. The reason this is important is here you have two different worlds, right? You have the world of traditional Indian medicine, and you have the world of biological engineering, hardcore MIT, and I was exposed to both of these systems. And I wanted to find out, could I integrate these two worlds? So after I finished my PhD in 2007, I went back to India, and this article came out on the front page of MIT. This is in 2007, it said, East meets West, Shiva Adre embarks on a new adventure. There it was, but it's interesting they called it East meets West, because that's what it was. I was trying to integrate Eastern and Western systems of science, and the goal was to see if I could find the, the bridge. So that led me back to India, and I had a big aha moment. And by the way, in our course at vashiva.com, which all of you, I expect you all of you to take, because it's a way that you can support all the research we do here, and you can educate yourself. But if you look at, if you look at the system of modern science, the system of modern science, engineering science teaches us there is a way to look at everything in nature, transport, conversion, and storage, transport of information, matter, and energy, conversion of information, matter, energy, and the structure or the storage. So if you look at your home or if you look at the your computer or, or even your own body, transport is a movement of input of things coming in, food coming in, people coming into your home and leaving. A conversion is that aspect of any system which takes one form and converts it to another. You eat something into your body, your digestive system is a conversion element. You type something into your computer, the CPU is a conversion element. And then you have the infrastructure which supports all of this, which is the beams in your house, your skeletal structure. Anyway, you can take the course to go into the details of this, but what I had discovered in a profound way was that this is a way that the Western system views the world, right? But guess what? The way my grandmother in that ancient system of medicine saw it was Vata Pitta Kapha. So I made a big discovery. I was able to interconnect West, East and West here. And this meant that there was a bridge to both these systems. And this gets even more profound as I'll talk about, but I published a paper called the Control Systems Engineering Foundation of Traditional Indian Medicine. And I didn't publish it in a medical journal. I published it in an engineering journal. And this paper is a profound paper because what it said was that we could interconnect these two worlds. And more importantly, I had discovered the foundational science of all systems, which was recognizing that everything in the universe can be interconnected through this concept of transport, conversion, storage, and vata, pitta, kapha. And that became that book. And by the way, once I finished that, I used to teach a course at MIT where we used to have very interesting people show up to this course. It was 200 people show up on a Thursday evening. People obviously have to pay a lot of money to go to MIT and time, but we also open it up to the public. But in that course, on one side of the room would be the hardcore MIT PhDs or the Harvard MDs. Engineers would sit there at their very traditional ways. And the other side were your naturopaths, your healers. John, can you just hold that, please? People in tight shirts, people with long... So what I wanted to let anyone, everyone know is um, John's going to forward to, this was uh, to all of you joining, uh, we're talking about the commonalities between acute respiratory syndrome and radiation. Uh, I'm sorry, acute radiation syndrome and, um, and COVID. And this was a talk I gave nearly oh my, over a year ago. Um, and John is just playing that, but he should have forwarded it a little bit uh, sooner, but um, the, the background I'm giving is a systems approach, okay? But the fundamental issue is that you're going to learn that 
a paper was written back in early 2021, really going in gross, and it was written by Fauci's group. And it's a hidden paper that we found and we shared. I mean, it was hard to find. If you're on PubMed, you'll find it. But that paper really exposes the commonalities in an interesting way between COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome. It's like, you know, when a nuclear bomb goes off and what happens to your body. Well, um, the issue here is that uh, today we're going to show the connection between that and ask the question, why is now the United States government about 24 hours ago, they decided to buy $300 million of a medicine called Endplate, which actually is used um, to alleviate acute radiation syndrome and may the claim is it may have the effect on both. Um, um, and Alina Lucia says, by the way, you know, we're always ahead of the curve. We talked about this over a year ago. Okay. Um, someone is asking, interesting enough, about the invention of email. Look, um, we make that point because A, to understand systems, and second, to understand that it is not the military academic establishment which invents everything. And for many years, I never said anything when the invention of email went into the Smithsonian and created a huge hoopla. I was called a curry stain Indian who should be beaten and hanged. So some guy over here, Mahesh, was wondering why we're talking about it. Well, he should have some respect for his own group of people who've been diminished for hundreds of years. So that's why we talk about the invention of email. It's an important history, Mahesh. So get with the program. Or you can go do what you want to do, okay? But it's an important thing because the credit for the invention of email should rightfully go to the person who did it, not to the military. And that's what we talk about it. And most of the inventions that are created, people misallocate to weapons of destruction when most of the greatest inventions came out of wanting to solve civilian problems. So there's a big brainwashing that gets done, particularly people in India are brainwashed to think that all great innovations come from white people because they never stood up for themselves over 200 years. So Mahesh, you need to you know, recognize your own history and your own weaknesses to understand why I choose to speak about the invention of email. It's not about me. It's about many 14-year-old young kids who don't go to places like MIT Black and White and Yellow and that um, uh, we want to recognize. But anyway, it's really about systems. So let's continue with this. John, you forwarded it properly to the right section. So we're going to now talk about COVID-19 and acute respiratory syndrome, and then we're going to go. Go ahead, John. Make sure the um, when we take a systems approach, let's look at COVID-19. So COVID-19, we're looking at it from a syst systemic perspective. So in COVID-19, just to review, this is that, first of all, it affects neurology, renal, hepatic, gastrointestinal, thromboembolism. We'll talk about that blood coagulation, cardiac, endocrine, derm dermatologic. So COVID-19 is apparently caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And it affects many parts of your body, vascular system, lung, heart, kidneys, liver, gut, eyes, and brain. And you can see all of it here. Now, in the neurologic area, it affects headaches. So this is some of the ways people may manifest. Headaches, dizziness, encephalopathy, right? Guillain-Barr syndrome, right? Agusia, myalgia, anosmia. What does that mean? That means when you lose smell. Quite fascinating. Stroke. On the renal side, kidney injury proteinuria, where you store up kidney stones and things like that, hepatic, elevated amino transferases, elevated bilirubin, intestinal, diarrhea, vomiting, abdominal pain, anorexia, thromboembolism, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, catheter-related thrombosis. Then you're looking at the cardiac level, a cardiomyopathy, myocardial injury, cardiac arrhythmia, acute core pulmonate, whole range of things, endocrine, hyperglycemia, diabetic, ketoacidosis, derm dermatological, whole range of things that occur on the skin. And you can pernic lesions, you get all sorts of stuff. It's quite interesting when you look at the range of things. And the disease can be severe to moderate, right? Some people just get a very simple version of it. Some people get it moderate and other people get it in a very extreme way. So there's many, many variations of how this manifests itself. Now, let's look at the mild to moderate. Well, 81% of the infected population has mild symptoms. So it's out of the 81 out of 100 people who get COVID-19, body aches, fever, that's one thing. It can go up to pneumonia, no hospitalization needed. But that's really 81% of the people. 
And by the way, there's people who are asymptomatic, right? They have it. We're not even talking about those people. Severe is 14%. Shortness of breath, which means dyspnea, hypoxia, or other 50 or more than 50% lung involvement on imaging, right? Where the lung is involved in the show space on imaging, and this requires hospitalization. Critical is 5%. This is where you have respiratory failure, you go shock, multi-organ systems dysfunction due to the cytokine storm. If you guys wanna go look at my previous videos, I've talked about, remember, what happens when a virus attacked you? It is not the virus that kills you. It is the fact that your body overreacts, the cytokine storm because the immune system doesn't know how to modulate itself. Very important. So don't, it's not like the virus gets in you and starts eating away. The virus, different viruses go to different parts of your tissue. And when they land there, a normal immune system will have a normal reaction, the fever, the thing, and then you create your interferons and your antibodies and your microbiome. And then, like I mentioned, your, your body gets stronger. But those people have weakened immune systems. This is a key. Their body overreacts and it kills you because you're attacking yourself. Very important. It's not like some thing that the, your vi you're, you're eating yourself up from the inside. It's you attacking your body. But you can see 81% infected, no hospitalization, 14% hospitalization, 5% ventilator needed. If you know of anyone who ever gets in this situation, kindly put them on high dose vitamin C, high dose vitamin C. Now, so those are the symptoms of COVID. Now let's look at acute radiation syndrome. So I wanted to, some of you may have read, let me see if how many people read. When I was in high school, I had a great teacher who had me read the book by John Hersey called Hiroshima. And it's a great book. And someone just said this, it's a nice comment. Someone said, I'm so glad Dr. Shiva is doing this video. I've not seen anyone else discuss the symptoms in any detail. It's a plus that Dr. Fauci is a, is a trusted source, unlike a comment Fauci. Thank you. Let's discuss this here. So if you, great book, my sixth grade high school teacher, Mr. Roth, great guy, he was actually on the boat in the distance when the Hiroshima bomb fell. And he remembers seeing the plume go up, quite fascinating. He died very young, at 56, 57. You wonder what effects he had from that. But anyway, Mr. Roth was a great teacher. But if you read the book, Hiroshima, it's acute radiation. People would go try to grab people. Their skins would come up. It's horrible. But that's what we're talking about here. You're looking at a bomb and the injuries that people get from that. So that's what we mean by acute radiation syndrome, acute radiation syndrome. So what's interesting is in this review, the causes are irradiation of the entire body. It's like a nuclear bomb. Remember, when a bomb goes up, it sets off radioactivity. You get the exposure and then the measure of the radiation entering you is measured in something called REMS, R-E-M. It's how much of that radiation affects you. For example, high dose of penetration of radiation, nuclear reactor meltdown. And this is over a short period of time and a matter of minutes of time. So that's what we're meaning by acute radiation. An event occurs, right? You get zapped with tons of radiation. And, and, that, and by the way, we're, we'll realize radiation is all around us. And it's just at the level that it's at. The stages of ARS, you have prodromal, dromal stage where you get nausea, vomiting, anorexia, diarrhea within minutes to days of exposure. Latent stage, outwardly healthy. You look fine for up to two weeks, but stem cells in the bone marrow are dying. So you look fine and then suddenly it's a later stage. Then you have manifest illness stage. We have anorexia, you have fever, drop in all blood cells, infection, hemorrhage, dehydration and then recover your death. Most patients who do not recover will die within several months of exposure. So just look at that, the prodromal stage, the latent stage, the manifest Ill illness stage, and the recovery. So the latent stage is quite interesting. You think everything's fine, and then suddenly you basically start dying from your bones outward. Now, this is quite interesting. I wanted to put up this slide because I think we need to understand there's radiation all around us. Our body creates around 25 millirems, which is 1,000 of rems, 1,000 of a rem of radiation. We ourselves are a radiating force, but there's radiation around us. We get it from the environment, right? From cosmic rays. We get it literally from the ground, radon, right? Terrestrial radiation, as they call it, just stuff in the natural environment that comes natural source. And that's about 310 
millirem. One rem is a rad, millirem is one thousandth of a rem, 0.001 rem. So in one year, we're being exposed to around 310 millirem, not mega, milli, rem from the natural environment. And you can see radon and, and thoron around 37%, cosmic is 5%, terrestrial is around 3%, and internal from our own body is 5%. We're also exposed to man-made sources of radiation. Those are like nuclear medicine. You get a CAT scan, you get x-rays, and I'll show you some examples of that. Now, just to give you an idea, people who got exposed in Chernobyl got 80,000 to 1.6 million millirems. That's what we're talking about, some serious radiation. 80,000 to 1.6 million millirems. 1,000 millirems is a rad. So if you wanna think about it, that's 80 rads or 1600 rads. These are measures, I don't want you to remember them, but that's the units of measures of radiation exposure. So if you look at this in comparison, over here you can see a transatlantic flight gives you 2.5 millirems. A safe dr drinking water limit, the, a, the EPA says you can have up to four millirems even in water. Chest x-ray gives you 10, cosmic rays gives you 30. Your own body produces around 40 millirems of radiation. The annual public dose limit is 100. The US average national background dose is around 310. The average US annual dose is 620. This is what you're getting. A whole body CT scan, if you go have a CT scan done, you just got a thousand millirems. And if you do, for an average, for an annual nuclear worker who works in annually at a nuclear power plant, they're getting exposed to 5,000 millirems. But this is where you call the acute stuff, where you get 80,000 to 1.6 million millirems. I hope that makes sense. See how people are doing? Yes, thank you, Mr. Roth. Yes, yes. So that's what you're talking about, radiation, the, level, the amazing amount of radiation that we're getting. Let's go here now. Now, another way to look at this is here, you're looking at chest X-rays, radiation in the body, 29 millirems. This is a different source a mammogram all the way up to, this is by the way, the millirems are here and you're going all the way up to whole body CT scan, which is 1000 millirems. So these are different units. A radon in the average home has 228 millirems. So you can see, basically we have stuff around us. Now in acute radiation syndrome, now look at what happens here. You have brain issues, you have where you get seizures, you may have the thyroid gland being affected, absorbs radioactive iodine, increasing thyroid cancer. Your lungs, for example, get inflamed, scarring, and possible cancer risk. Your GI tract, you get internal bleeding. You get bone marrow and blood vessel issues, loss of white blood cell counts, risk of infection, skin, burns from acute exposure, right? And by the way, you talked about in COVID, you also have these, a whole bunch of things that happen to your skin. Now, just to give you an idea, in acute radiation syndrome, if you get bone marrow issues, that occurs when you get 70,000 to 1 million millirems. That's where your bone gets destroyed. You get result the death resulting from the infection. Recovery is possible. It's difficult. Gastrointestinal GI syndrome, this is when you get greater than 1 million millirems. That's like when you're literally next to a nuclear bomb. Survival is extremely unlikely. Death resulting from infection, dehydration, and electrolyte imbalance within two weeks of exposure cardiovascular, central nervous system. This occurs probably when you're literally close to a blast site, 5 million millirems. Imagine you're at ground zero. Death occurs within three days, death resulting from infection and hemorrhage. And if you read John Hershey's book, that's literally what we're talking about. We're talking about that level of exposure right where the bomb went off. That's what happened to people. Many of them had this level of exposure. They had cardiovascular and central nervous system issues. And they were essentially, the body was essentially just being blown up for inside. You're basically being burned. And this is 5 million millirem. Now, this is what's interesting. And I'm gonna, let's look at this here. This is what's quite fascinating here. When you look at this, we're gonna now look at, I'm gonna give you the quick overview. We still have a lot more to go. We're gonna go into detail, but I wanted to give you the key points here, the salient points right off. And this is what makes this research quite fascinating. Again, done at the NIH. Very recently, January 2020, they just did this. Look what COVID-19, you get chills. ARS, you get chills. Fever, COVID-19. Same with radiation poisoning. Cough, COVID-19, ARS. 
loss of smell, COVID-19, ARS, hypercoagulation, COVID-19, ARS, reddening in the ex extremities. Both of these share, and there's more, but I just wanted to give you, you probably heard of people saying, I got chills, fever, cough, loss of smell, hypercoagulation, reddening. Well, these same things show up when you get radiation poisoning, very common symptoms. Just look at that for a second. So you're looking at something that's a very interesting phenomenon. Let's see what you're saying. Let's see what, yes, yeah, some, someone said here, oops, ionizing, someone said here, ionizing radiation from X-ray and gamma rays particles such as electrons. Yes, Dr. Pearson. So we're talking about ionizing radiation. We're talking about ionizing radiation. This is where you're having very fast moving particles. That's what happens when a bomb goes off. Thank you, Dr. Pearson. Thank you very much for clarifying that. So now let's now, I wanna take a, so uh, that gives you a quick idea. I wanna now just take a step back because we wanna take a systems approach to this, a systems biology approach, right? And because one of the interesting things is, I like the fact that they're looking across multiple systems. That's what's good about this paper. They're looking at the virus here and they're looking at another phenomenon, which. Yeah, so, so John's gonna forward ahead. But again, to those of you joining, um, again, today, the Bi uh, yesterday, the Biden administration spent $300 million buying a drug put out by Amgen, N-Plate, N-P-L-A-T-E, which was actually created for acute radiation syndrome. And we talked about this almost a year ago. And so what's fascinating, I find, is that, that this talk that I gave about a year ago, we're summarizing portions of it so people get the content. Um, in that paper, John, I can share stuff here. Can I, John? John, can you unmute? John, can I share something here? Uh, yes, uh, you should. Yeah. So let me just share. This is the paper. I'm going to present my screen here. So if we look at this paper that came out um, nearly, this is a paper that I'm, I had reviewed about a year ago. This paper came out again, January 21, over a year ago. And it says commonalities between COVID-19 and radiation injury. Everyone can see this, right? And what you see here is the drug that Biden just bought, $300 million worth, you can see in this paper, they said like COVID-19 radiation exposures, especially what's called total body irradiation, TBI, are known to lead to reduction in platelet levels. This the technical term is thrombocytopenia, which is what platelet level reduction is, has been postulated to play a major role in deaths from exposure to radiation. To address this manifestation of radiation injury, drugs that promote platelet production and are FDA approved for other indications, um, uh, e.g. thrombocytopenic purpura, have been tested to see if they can mitigate damage and improve cytopenia. This has been this has included preclinical and clinical studies of the drugs such as N-plate. And this is a drug which was created for radiation exposure, but it also interestingly can work for COVID. And what we're talking about today to uh, bring everyone up to date is we talked about this paper over a year ago, and this is a drug that the United States government just spent 300 million buying, okay? So someone's saying, um, Maybe it's a coincidence of purchase in relation to actual expected nukes. Exactly. So, John, let's go back. Uh, someone just said New York City recently put on public service announcement on potential nuclear attack. Yep. So we were doing this to let people know that um, this paper that we're talking about was written by Fauci's under Fauci's group. OK, so maybe it's just coincidence, but it's important to understand that the coincidence is something that we should be aware of. John, let's continue. So we're going to wrap up um, with, and then we'll come back to what just recently happened. John, let's go back. So we're going to go back to our previous video, which is now going to finish up on comparing the commonalities between COVID-19 and radiation injury. Go ahead, John. Radiation injury. That's why this paper is a great paper. Again, it was published just this year, just eight weeks ago. And when we look at this, look where it's coming from. It's coming from Fauci's own institute. I wonder if you even knew that they did this. And what we are looking at here is in the abstract, it says a multi-system components. See, they're using the word system there. Multi-system components, loss of taste and smell and reddening in the extremities, 
And it says it's similar to ARDS, acute radiation distress. Okay. Well, you have, I'm sorry, a, this is acute respiratory distress, multi-organ hypercoagulation, hypoxia, cardiovascular da damage. And this is very similar to high doses of radiation. And this is a key point. Everyone listen to this key point here. Inflammation is a key common player in COVID-19 and ARS. Let me repeat that. This is coming out of Fauci's own institute. He's a complete scumbag. He didn't talk about this when this happened, but acute radiation syndrome and COVID-19 share one common, one extremely common phenomenon, inflammation. Inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. So what are the things that reduce inflammation? We talked about that. That was a protocol that I sent to Trump who did nothing with that. He did nothing with that. But inflammation is a key. Inflammation is caused by dysfunctions when you screw up the microbiome, when you screw up your own biome, when we don't have a strong immune system. You either respond with overreaction, but the immune system doesn't know how to respond. But this is right out of the NIH, out of the NIH. And inflammation is a key common player in COVID-19. And, and again, as I mentioned earlier, these are the different common symptoms here across COVID-19 ARS. So let's go into a little bit more detail. Let's look at COVID-19 ARS. First of all, it affects the immune system, right? That's your immune system. Think about that. Your vascular system, your heart, your respiratory system, cardiovascular system, renal system, GI, as well as your nervous system. So now I want to get into the science here. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. What I did was I looked at this paper and I wanted to organize it in a way that you could better understand it. So here's COVID-19. This column in here is acute radiation syndrome. So we want to look at four different kinds of things, cytokines, the target organ, the primary outcome, and the secondary outcomes. In COVID-19, you have these set of these set of what are called cytokines, IFN alpha. Remember, I talked about that earlier. IFN gamma, IL-1 beta, IL-6, IL-12, IL-18, IL-33, TNF alpha, and TGF beta. What is a cytokine? What's a cytokine? Hormones are molecules that signal from organ to organ, like you can think about a hormone like testosterone. However, a cytokine are signaling molecules across cells or within a cell. That's what a cytokine is. And what you see here is the kinds of cytokines that are involved, that are upregulated here, that we see right here, are the same cytokines as are in COVID-19 as well as in acute radiation syndrome. They affect the lungs, these cytokines. And here we see multiple organs, including the lungs are also affected. And look at this. You have the same primary outcome, the cytokine storm. And what happens when you get the cytokine storm? Your lung undergoes fibrosis, which means it starts scarring. Guess what happens in acute radiation syndrome? You get fibrosis in lungs and other organs. Fibrosis is not something you want. My dear mom, she died relatively young, 72, back in 2011. When we first came to the United States, my parents had to work very hard. My mom worked in a mill where they had all these fibers, asbestos fibers, fibers. And over years, those fibers affected her lungs. And you have to understand, there is a very important antioxidant, which I recommend everyone look into, N-acylcysteine, NAC is a precursor that's called glutathione. You may even want to consider at some points getting IV glutathione. So glutathione is a powerful antioxidant, powerful anti-ager. So as you're exposed to lots and lots of chemicals and stresses, your glutathione levels drop. And when they drop so low, your, your lung tries to protect itself and becomes fibrotic. N-acylcysteine, I take it every day. I recommend you guys take it. NAC is a precursor to glutathione. You may want to look at it, ask your medical professional. Again, I'm not giving you medical advice, right? It's a big disclaimer here. This is research that we're showing you. But what's interesting is in COVID-19, people become fibrotic. And so do they do as we're showing here. It's a horrible thing. And when my mom got it, she didn't even tell me about it. She was a very quiet woman. She didn't want to distress anyone. She died literally within three months of getting this. So that's what lung fibrosis is, a pulmonary fibrosis. And that's what's going on here because if the target organ is the lungs and you have the cytokine storm, again, very, very similar, all right? Now let's look at 
vasculature, which is your heart and your arteries, et cetera. Here in COVID-19, you the mode of action is the direct infections of the endothelial cells. So your endothelial cells, which line your arteries, get affected. And guess what happens with acute radiation? The irradiation of the endothelial cells. The target cells are your endothelial cells. And the primary outcome is you have endothelial dysfunction, endothelial inflammation. Here you're premature aging and cell death of the endothelial cells. And this is where you get COVID toes. People talk about it. they get vascular disease causing dysfunction of the microvessels in the extremities leading to red, purple lesions on toes and other extremities. And here is where you get dysfunction of the microvessels or what's called blood coagulation. Same thing. By the way, just to be clear, some little bit of biology. If you take the arteries and you look at the surface of those arteries, if you go to your bathroom and you have the bathroom tiles, the surface of your arteries are composed of tiles. Those tiles are called endothelial cells. Your lung it has epithelial cells. So different organs have different cells. So the endothelial cells, they get affected when you get COVID and you have the purpling, the coagulation, that's a COVID toes. Well, you have the same thing going on with radiation, acute radiation syndrome. That's number two organ. Now let's look at the immune cells. You have pyro, pyro, pyrotosis of the immune cells. And this is a controlled cell that's caused by high inflammation. It's almost like your cells are burning up, pyro from fire. And caspase 1 is activated in COVID-19 and SARS-1. So check that out. Caspase 1, which is this enzyme, caspase 1 is activated in both COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome. When I saw this, I was, it was quite amazing. So the same enzyme, the same chemical in your body gets turned on when you get COVID-19, but it also gets turned on when you get acute radiation syndrome. And this caspase-1 does a couple of things. It, first of all, promotes increased inflow of water and sodium. So your body gets more sodium coming in, right? So what does that do? Water comes in and your cells swell and you have pyroptosis, like apoptosis. You basically burst. That's one. You have increased outflow of sodium. This is not what you want. You have nuclear condensation and you're basically your nucleus, uh, your nucleus blows up and cell pyroptosis occurs due to upregulation of the entire inflammation in your body, all the infl inflammatory markers. You have increased water in the cytosol leading to swelling is osmotic lysis. So you're basically your cells start blowing up. That's what to put it simply, your nucleus blows up, your cells blow up because of caspase one being activated. So that's where your immune system is being affected. Next is you're looking at the, let's look at the mode of action. Here's COVID-19, here's acute radiation. You have upregulation of the inflammasome. What is the inflammasome? The inflammasome is all those immune cells we talked about in the earlier talks I've given. You have the entire inf the inflammation system in your body all those inflammatory cells start turning on. So your body thinks it's under attack. So you have immune cell death. The immune cells start dying. Same here. And guess what? The immune cell death leads to the cytokine storm and organ damage. Same thing here. So the immune system is getting affected in the exactly the same sets of mechanisms. The same system is being turned on here. Then let's continue to the biomarkers. What are the biomarkers? So what's a biomarker? So biomarkers, you ever go to the doctor or you ever get a blood exam done? They check for different things, right? H1AC or cholesterol, da 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 Those are known as biomarkers. They're the chemicals that are indicative of a particular dysfunction going on in your body. So here, the interesting thing is, it's almost like, it's fascinating because I have to, it beckons a question, if you have these biomarkers, you have to ask, you have a patient in front of you, hey, did you get radiation poisoning or do you have COVID-19? The guy get blitzed with some radiation or did he get COVID-19? So John, can you just uh, pause it right here, John? So John, can you just go back a little bit so we see the whole, uh, that chart a little bit bigger? So this is what I wanted to let people know. When you look at this, no, 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 no on the common biomarkers, John, a um, little bit forward. So the reason I wanted to, a little bit, if you could, yeah, there, stop right there. So what you can notice is in biology and systems biology, 
um, which is uh, what my research area is, you find out that whatever phenomenon is going on in your body, it's typically associated with what's called a biomarker, something in your blood you can measure, right? But you notice the biomarkers here are organ dysfunction and multi-organ failure, which occurs in both COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome. The hematology biomarkers are neutrophils, which is a, a, a lymphocytes and platelets, which are cells. And they end up having, you know, a, you have a low amount of them. And serum biomarkers, CRP, albumin in COVID-19, serum and, and amylase in, in acute radiation syndrome, and IL-6 in both COVID-19 and ARS. So, John, let's just stop here and we'll, um, you can take this away, John. And let me just wrap up here. Because, um, by the way, um, this evening, John can put up the banner. Every every Thursdays, we do what we call a open house. Anyone's invited. You can just RSVP at vashiva.com slash orientation. And we have people all over the world come in and we discuss how we actually build a movement to end sort of the nonsense that's going on. So we one is understanding what's going on, but we don't want to hear lament and get all desperate. But what I shared with you here is that the interesting enough, and it's not true with all other viruses, but COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome have very, very common um, symptoms. And again, to make this point, this is not some uh, something that I'm just telling you that you should believe, okay? Um, we should, and I'm not saying you should believe uh, Fauci or the NIH, because, um, but it is coming out of the, the government themselves is acknowledging commonalities between COVID-19 and radiation injury, okay? And in this paper, they, back in 2021, almost two years ago, they had promoted a cure, which was N-plate. N-plate is a drug that Amgen produces. So in closing, what I want you to think about is that you can look at diseases as ind individual diseases, or you can see them as some input coming into your system, which systemically affects organs and cells and biomarkers, okay? And what's fascinating to see is that the input of COVID-19, or if you got a radiation blast you were nearby, has very, very similar biomarkers that it's affected, very similar organ systems, very similar dysfunctions. Okay. So now let's move forward to what's going on right now. Um, the, uh, the government, as I mentioned, has agreed to buy $300 million worth of end plate, which is a drug that increases platelet production, which is one of the platelets go down when you're exposed to uh, radiation. So there are some interesting theories here and we can talk more about them, but I haven't figured out the exact issue here, but I mean, there's some interesting possibilities here. Is there going to be a nuclear attack? And 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 does U.S. intelligence sources know something that they don't want to fully share with the American public because they're afraid of people getting freaking out? So they're getting prepared, right? Another interesting possibility, and I'm not giving any of these any, you know, I'm not supporting any one of them. I just want to, you know, in science, we put out possibilities. It's called a scientific method. And then you have to test those possibilities. You make guesses. Is it possible that more people are going to get COVID? And there's going to be uh, some type of radiation leak. And those people who die of COVID and a radiation leak, you won't be able to tell the difference. Because if the symptoms are so similar, let's say 100 people here die of COVID and 100 people here die of some radiation leak, how will you be able to know the differences, okay? Given how similar they are. In fact, we all know during the COVID quote unquote pandemic, everyone was being branded as having COVID, right? Because hospitals wanted to get their remuneration for that. And we must all remember a death certificate is one of the most inaccurate documents on the planet. You can ask any um, doctor, a death certificate is one of the most inaccurate documents. So. I find it interesting that these acute radiation syndrome and COVID have the same symptoms. And how would you know who got radiation poisoning, right? A radiation attack. 
and who got COVID. Most doctors um, are not that good at telling these differences. And if you have lots and lots of people happening, will people say, oh, that's just COVID? Or will you take all the COVID people and say, well, you know, Russia must have leaked a bomb. Let's say people start dying of COVID and you say Russia leaked the bomb and it's used as a ability to preemptively attack Russia. We know that the Western imperialist powers do want to have a war. And as I shared in several videos, it's pretty, it's been stated by Condoleezza Rice that the goal uh, stated in 2013 was for the United States to take over the dependence that Europe had on oil from Russia and it must come to the United States, okay? So there's nothing um, stopping these individuals, let's say, to preemptively attack Russia and give themselves a basis for doing that, okay? Oh my God, all these people are dying. Let's say they're dying of COVID. You brand it as ARS and you use it as a pretext, okay? So you just have to think about this, okay? Or it's, you know, it's just a preparedness issue. Let's buy some uh, end plate, increase platelets, because um, there could be a potential issue. It could be as simple as that, okay? So, but I did want everyone to know that it is our movement which talked about the commonality of ARS and COVID over a year and a half ago. We exposed the research. And in closing, John, if you can bring up the truthfreedomhealth.com site. I want all of you, many of you have come to a lot of our videos and many of you sort of are dilettante about this and, and there's a, a number of you who have actually gone through the course. I can't overemphasize to you that it's one thing to just sort of conspiracy theory and see videos all day. It's another thing if you wanna go beyond that and actually do something about it. Uh, I see some people saying, oh my God, this is happening, that's happening, we're all, it's horrible world. Well, John, can you bring up the Truthfreedom Health website or I can bring it up, John. Would you rather I do it, John? Yeah. So when you go to truthfromhealth.com, it's taken me 30, 40 years to put this together. We have created a, uh, a system. It's education. It's a community. It's technology that is here to provide you an infrastructure so you're not sitting there desperate and scared and, oh, the world's going to hell and I can't do anything. But it's a system so we, you, you can individually as well as collectively learn and get street smart. So you go beyond left and right. You go beyond pro and anti. And as John scrolls down, you'll notice that we have close to 360,000 people now worldwide. So I encourage you all to go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Hold on right there, John. And and um, become a Truth Freedom Health warrior. This has not existed before in human history. It's here for you. We have people across 95 countries. Go down, John. And what is the problem that we're fundamentally solving? And by the way, if you go to the website, you'll hear... You can listen to incredible stories of transformation and our approach to organizing the science, the theory works. We actually win. It is this movement that has won many, many uh, things. For example, exposing that government and big tech are together. It is this movement that won the major um, stopping the vaccine mandates down in New Jersey. And you can go and look at it so you don't have to feel uh, desperate. Go down, John. The other piece I want you to think about is what is it that we're actually solving? This is the problem. Right now, there's lots of information. You know, a lot of you will send me crazy videos. This is going on. That's going on. You'll get your all self worked up. Oh, my God, 5G is doing this. And there's some other aliens over here. There's reptiles on Mars who I believe are working with, you know, somebody in the White House and, and just crazy shit. OK, all of that's irrelevant. What's relevant is. Are you able to discern from all this information to make our lives better? Or are you in an era of anxiety and depression and hopeless? And these are the statistics out there. So in spite of all this information, there's a lot of people just running around with, without their, like chickens with their heads cut off. And they don't have a way to make themselves, um, take themselves beyond that. And that's where most of the world population, two and a half billion people have, are obese. 51% people are hopeless. And our goal is not to uh, remain there. That's where the elites want you. So when you look at this problem, go down, John, what you begin to understand if you take a systems approach, which is what we teach people, is you can understand this, this triangle is that there's lots of information, but if you're ignorant, and ignorance means you don't have the ability to see the whole. You only see little pieces. Oh, I saw somewhere 5G does this. Oh, vac you know, 
the virus is not this or this. So you read these little pieces. You don't, you're a dilettante. You don't take time to really put it together and you're just spewing out stuff. So you start living in illusion and then you get confused and then you end up in one of three or four areas. You end up either in the left or right. You end up either in complacency, wanting to move off into the woods or you get desperate and want to do, go do some crazy stuff. That's where the establishment wants you to be. And where this leads you, John, scroll down, John, um, is that you end up being divided, complacent, or desperate. And if you're in any one of those areas, which a lot of people are, not because of, uh, it, it, it literally comes from lack of wisdom, okay? So what the, the solution here, John, go down, is that, by the way, many people will drift towards uh, the left or the right or gurus or talk show hosts. Well, these people are all grifters. Um, they will always never talk about the right thing at the right time. They wait. Um, and you're not going to get answers from these people. Go down, John. Um, the reality is that we need to look at the whole. And that's called the knowledge of systems. Knowledge, the science of systems. And this will enable you to see things as they are. And the science of systems is what the elites learn. And with this knowledge, which is different than information, you'll, you'll gain wisdom and clarity. Um, you'll have the ability to start innovating, becoming an activist, go down. And that clarity, as you'll see here, empowers you to be active and innovative and to get organized. And so if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, all the knowledge, all the things we do here um, is for you to give you that infrastructure. How do you become part of it? What are the economics? Well, when I try to give this away for free, no one valued it. And if I were to charge for it, it'd be tens of thousands of dollars. So we said, look, contribute whatever you can. If you contribute a hundred bucks, um, John will show you get all these tools. You get 15 different gifts, all of that thing right there. John, 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 go back, go back right there. So you get the course, you get books, you get tools, you get a tool to um, empower you to understand your body as a system. You get tools independent of big tech. But it's here for you. And the question comes down, thanks, John, is do you want to be a human being? Do you want to get, have some self-respect for yourselves? Um, do you want to take accountability? Because we will continue to take a systems approach. We will always be, our movement has always been prescient, which means we've always predicted where the ball is going. And But we need more people to understand the science of systems so you can learn how to think. So become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar. Today, in about a few minutes, in about eight minutes, um, we will be having our open house. All of you are welcome. There's no charge. Um, it's We had one at 11 a.m., which people from all over the world. And then we have it tonight at 8 p.m. in about eight minutes. And you can simply go to vashiva.com slash orientation let me just put up what i'm going to do is uh let me just we got our puppies here we're actually on the road today let me uh i'm going to give you the url if you go to vashiva.com slash orientation all right you can literally um rsvp there and then you'll be able to come to uh, tonight's meeting the reason i encourage you all to come there is because you'll get to realize that you're not alone you don't have to be desperate. You don't have, you can, the truth, freedom, and health system is an infrastructure for you to learn how to think, not what to think. So anyway, we can discuss problems. We can discuss how the elites want to screw us and all this. And then you can say, I'm going to put that over here. I'm going to talk about how we build a movement. How do we actually understand the principles of building a movement? Okay. Um, and you will recognize that one of the hardest things for people to overcome is the not so obvious establishment. Those people who may be nice people, but they have no idea about how to actually build a movement. So they're more into entertainment, okay? So anyway, um, that's what I wanted to share. John, I think I've covered everything. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm on the road this week, but I just wanted everyone to know, go to the Thursday Open House, go become a Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior, it's a gift the the truth from the health system, you contribute and then you get to learn, you get to teach and you get to serve. And it's a global movement and all of you can be part of it wherever you are. But it's not just learning, but you can also contribute your knowledge, your skills. Um, 
everything we'll talk about at the open house is built bottoms up. We don't have top-down people funding us. It's all by you for you. Anyway, thank you, John. You can end with the closing logos. And I wish everyone well. Be the light. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation RSVP to come to the orientation. I hope this was valuable. Anyway, keep an eye out on the fact that COVID-19 and acute respiratory radiation syndrome, sorry, acute radiation syndrome and COVID-19 have the same common symptoms. Okay. Thank you. Be well. Be the light. Thank you.